figure we'll figure that out. So we're live. We're here. Hey Lance, what are we doing? <laughs> we're doing a podcast. We're starting another podcast. Yep. I am uh, one of your hosts, Alex Gore. I am uh, one of your other hosts, uh, Lance Psycho. And uh, what is this podcast about, Lance? Uh, this podcast is about um, documenting the entrepreneurial journey of our of our firm over the past seven years. Um, and I think we're going to try to do this organically, uh, tell a series of stories, successes, failures, yep. how we started, how we met. Um, and on that note, who, who are we? What, what do we do? So thanks for hitting me with that curveball. <laughs> so our firm is F9 Productions. And I think what's going to differentiate this podcast from, from some others, I think there's some like us, is that we are the principals of a firm. The firm started just me and you uh, seven years ago. In my, you kind of half started it before, but in my dining room. Yeah. And I had, we had no furniture anything like that. You live downstairs. I lived upstairs and now we built it to about eight, eight people and we do residential work. Um, anything from additions to just regular residential, residential to 24 unit townhomes. Yep. Multifamily stuff, big stuff. Um, we've been doing Bim. some group homes. Um, one of the, one of the cornerstones of our firm is that we do building information modeling. Um, so we are one of the producers of, of most of the content that's on ArcCat. Yep. And, go to uh, Arcat. Yeah. Get your stuff. Go to Arcat.com. We've also started a couple of different websites where we sell uh, BIM content, specifically for Revit. That brings us to our first sponsor, <laughs> RevitFurniture.com. <laughs> go there. Get get what you need. Templates, Revit Furniture, everything. Um, and then other than BIM, so it, we don't just do BIM. We do BIM, obviously, in, in all of our projects. But what Lance is getting at is we make the content. Um, and then the next thing that we're working on and uh, gearing up for, and I think you'll be excited to hear and follow us on our journey, is we're doing design build. I think that's a dream for a lot of people. It's a dream for a lot of people, uh, especially serious serious architects who who are who are consider themselves more entrepreneurs than architects. And I think that's where Alex and I do. We have a running joke with our friends that we're serial entrepreneurs. Um, I actually, I actually remember Alex pointing, pointing that out in a meeting once about this other client that we had that he, I think the client called himself a serial entrepreneur and we just love made up titles. Yeah. What's the joke in that? That we just make up our own titles? That we just make up our own titles. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think here's what I was getting to. The differentiator is that, um, we're actually doing it and we're giving you an inside look into the firm. That's why it's called into the firm. Lance and I have these discussions all the time. We have them with our employees and we want to take you on the, on that journey. And I remember reading the book. I probably suggested it to you. It was called kindergarten chats. By, yeah. Yeah. You've um, suggested that before. One, one, not another book that he suggested that I've never read. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I've just taken what I like to call Al cliff notes. There you go. So kindergarten chats is by Louis uh, Sullivan, uh, who was the mentor to Frank Lloyd Wright and his mentor was Frank Furness. So there's this whole line of architects that mentored each other, um, basically like Aristotle, Plato. You know, there's that line too. Archimedes. Is he in that line? Maybe. You, you tell me. You're the reader. <laughs> um, but what was great about that book was, for some reason, more than ever, I felt like it was uh, an, an older wise man, like a mentor, uh -huh. just whispering in my ear. I think I was reading at night. It was. I just felt so comfortable. Was this before we started the firm or was this during? Before. So before I went to Liebskin. Okay. I had a couple weeks, so I just tried to read 10 books in 10 days, and I, I read 12 books in like 15 days, and it was the best time of my life. Um, it was awesome, but like better, better than having a baby. He just had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, hon. Annie Atlas, you are my number one, uh, all that. 
<laughs> so my baby is the best. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But um, so we we want to be that 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 voice in your ear that you know when you're on car ride, if you're just listening to work, and and give you that perspective. Um, and learn along with us because we'll give you some some good stories about how we started a firm because I know it's quite a mystery. Not a, I don't know if it's a mystery. I just think there's multiple ways to do it. I think there's multiple ways to do it, and I think I think this podcast could actually be for more more than just architects or even engineers or design professionals. I think when we when we when we use the word firm, that's a term we're just it's we're used to using because that it describes what we do the best. I think. Yeah. But. I think it's business in general. I think it's it's your own little entrepreneurial endeavors. And I think there's actually even just fundamentals you can bring into your life that, that we'll kind of uh, try to touch base on. Yeah. You know? we, we always try to, in our practice, boil everything down to the fundamentals and then ration up from there. You might have heard that from Elon Musk. Um, that's because it's the first time I heard of that term. That's what we've been doing for years. Um, it's called first principles. But I think that what Lance is getting to, that applies to you know business. It applies. We have an online business. Now we're going to have a building business and eventually we will probably have a product based businesses. So I think we will cover that whole entrepreneurial journey um, and you'll be there in the front seat. Yeah. Yeah. So join us. So uh, a little bit about ourselves. So <clears throat> Alex and I met in college. Uh, we went to North Dakota State University. Go Woo-hoo. Bison. Go Bison. And uh, we, we both attended the same architecture school and uh, the very first architecture studio that we were, we, you know, that you could take. Alex and I were in it. And instantly fell in love. Well, that's a lie. (laughs) Uh, We didn't like each other at first. Um, Alex claims that he didn't like me because I was always hitting on the girls. And I don't know if he was just jealous or what the heck was going on. I don't know why. No, what? It was maybe, I think it was maybe just because, so you'll, you'll get to know me on this podcast. I'm, I'm type A and pretty, pretty sure about myself. I mean, I would just go out there and say, say cocky. So, you know. I think that might have had something to do with it. I, I have no idea. I also had this weird thing when I, when I was young is that I couldn't show too much interest in, in one girl because then the other girls wouldn't like me because I'm going after this one girl. You soon realize, so if you're any younger person listening, is that, man, that's the wrong approach. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, why, why is that the wrong approach? Uh, I got a wife and kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's just the wrong approach. You just want to put it this way. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, I think is what he's trying to get at. No. No. Not at I, all. I'm saying, I'm saying, this is what I'm saying. Everyone knows this. You date multiple people before you settle down. It's true. So if you think I can't be interested in one person, well, then how are you ever going to get, get the girl? And if it doesn't work out, they date someone else, you date someone else, and all works out. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So, we were in this first design studio, and uh, I didn't like Alex because he kept playing Michael Jackson over and over again. So I actually had a legitimate reason, and for some reason, I was not into Michael Jackson at that point. I don't know. <laughs> I know Michael Jackson. Uh, I used to play it also at, at parties until someone repeat broke. on repeat. Yeah, because he's really good. Then someone broke the CD while I was away, so then I. Uh, um, not bless them with Neil Diamond on repeat. Good, yeah, that's what they get. Yeah, he Neil Diamond bless them. So, so in that, but in that first studio, <clears throat> I think that was when I started to see um, our very the 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 big project we had. You know, in hindsight, it's a really small project, but the first project we had with this professor, who ended up being like kind of a a, a very big. Um, a very big mentor for us later. Shout on. out Professor Booker. Yeah, shout out Booker. Um, he so what we had to do is we had to do we had to make a, re- a retreat for ourselves. 
so it was basically just a shelter for yourself. Uh, so, and it was in, it was in Arizona or something, the Gila mountains, New Mexico It was in New Mexico. I thought it was on an Island. I think Alex, this is where he started to break the rules. And I started to see that he doesn't like to follow rules unless it's the ones that he makes up for. Those are the best ones. So we get down to the final, uh, design critiques and I was very meaningful and tactful in like what I was doing. You know, I, I used the materials that you could use and stuff like that. And I thought the I thought that the presentation went pretty well. Then Alex gets up there, and he he made pretty cool structure. It was very simple. It made sense. But then in the middle of it was a fire pit, and in the fire pit he he literally had I don't know what was it like a white toothpick or something like that or just pieces of paper that I think I carved out of wood bones. Yeah. Is where I so think they looked, going. so they were bones. So they were bones, right? And this professor, God bless him is a, uh, you know, in, there was all different kinds of professors, but this one is especially critical about being sustainable. Like everything, everything about him was, it's got to be sustainable. It's got to be green. So we asked Alex, so what's in the middle, you know, great, great break project. You did a great job, but what's, what's in the fire pit to which Alex said, <laughs> those are the bones of the den animals <laughs> that I killed and ate, <laughs> <laughs> to, which to, I think is very sustainable. Survive. So because we are out in I the middle of nowhere. I distinctly remember that critique, and I thought, oh, this kid, this kid is either stupid or he's got some balls. <laughs> and we're still figuring that out. We're st- yeah, yeah, still we're still trying to figure that out. And I thought, it was easily the most unique response or, you know, curveball that he could have thrown that professor, and... I made it a point, like, I have to get to know this guy. And and the other reason was, was because he seemed he seemed like he was just really friendly and gregarious, even though I didn't like him. And yeah. it seemed like everybody gravitated to this guy. He just had a good energy about him. So that semester ended. We still didn't like each other. And then we jumped into the next semester, and lo and behold, we were in the same studio. I think we've been, we were all throughout college. You know, you take, we t- ended up taking 10 studios, including grad school. We were in the same one except for... One, which was urban design. We weren't in the you urban were in design, Faulkner's and I was in and Booker's then or something. Final, final, um, final thesis. We were final thesis, but then we I moved my desk. Over. He moved his desk because we had yeah. we had to be hanging out. Yeah, and then same thing. Same thing about Lance is you know people would gravitate around him too. So I thought, excuse me, that was interesting. Then in third year we did uh, projects and we had groups with. Oh no, no, but but go back, go back to the second semester. We oh. and I. I don't know if we got a sign seating, but I thought that I remember that sat I, a, I sat across from you on purpose, and I thought you did it on purpose too. Because you're I like, think so. Like we got, I got to figure this out. Yeah, I got to spy. I got to figure guy. this out. So we got through that semester. We got along. We started to just talk at that point. I think tolerate each other. Yep. And then third semester, and then then third year. Yep, third year. Then we did um, group projects with other people, um, and it went all right. But then afterwards, I think we just looked at each other and we we're like. Why don't we just start doing this together? What happened was we each were the leaders of groups uh, of about three or four, and our teammates just ended up being just terrible. <laughs> I mean, and not that they were bad no, designers. No, no. It was they, just hard to herd. There we go. It was, they were it was, actually... They're like competing personalities and everything. Shout out to all of our friends that we go fishing with. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually great designers and all that, but it, it was like herding cats. That That's what it was. Yeah. It was like... Just imagine if you have talented designers and then it's like try to get them on one schedule and, and go together. And I actually had one that was terrible. We each had one that was terrible. Yeah. Um, we each had one that was terrible. And, and then one. there were just basically, I think, the other two in the group besides Alex and ourselves were, I think there was competing egos. I think people didn't know their place. 
so to speak, <laughs> at that point, and like and like yeah. taking the lead and working as a team. I mean, you have to fall into some kind of, you know, hierarchy, right? Even in our firm, we do it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you'll be the lead, then I'll switch to the lead, and then we'll switch back yep. and stuff like that. So there was none of that, anyway. So, yeah. but what we what we did see in value on both of us uh, from going through that exercise with other people and being team leaders was that we I think we understood at that point. Oh my oh my goodness! I think both of us can be can lead together. Yep. Because we complement on each other. I, I'm, I'm a very uh, linear type A engineer, t- more engineer than architect type of thinker, you know? Yeah. And Alex is is big picture, telling a story about the process, um, bring, bring poetry into the whole thing. That leads me to, to two things. I, I feel like I'll be the tangent man in, in, in this podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so I'm emailing. Because of our sponsor, RevitFurniture.com. And I, we won't keep plugging it. It's just a funny thing. But Lance, I'm emailing different firms. And a lot of them, I'm realizing there's two heads. There's two heads to a lot of these to these. Firms. Even if they're not equal principles, there's still two heads. No, so, no. So, I'm saying equal oh, principles. Oh, there actually So is. I'm finding okay. a whole bunch of them. And, and we always thought that we were unique, like, um, you know, why we work well together. Like, you could say, if you boil it down, this is not necessarily true, but Lance is science and I might be soul, right? Uh, we'll switch. I'm soulless, is what he's saying. Exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll switch those roles, and those it's a little bit too defined than what we really are. But um, I, I think that's why we will work well together. Is that dichotomy? We can pass, you know, clients back and forth of who fits. We can uh, talk to each other and vent, which is which is key. Which is kind of like this. What this inside the firm is is that uh, you know we talk to each other and now now we're we're bringing it to you. Um, but that. That's more prevalent, Lance, than you'd think. Is two two headed beasts in architecture. I'm surprised. Like. I thought we were unique. Unique. I like to think we're like we're one in a million, but apparently we're just common. Well, like one in a hundred. Yeah. One or in one, 100, in, one in one in a hundred. One in twenty. <laughs> okay. So, so we went on to uh, then we went on to actually work together in a, in in fourth year studios. We went on to win a skyscraper competition. Um, and then we both did very well in graduate school. Uh, there's there was two prizes you could win. One was uh, the McKinsey Award at North Dakota State. It basically says you're you're the best. You the thesis. The best. Thesis. Thesis. Keyword. One so project. I beat Alex out there. He took a very far second. <laughs> best. No 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 no. So I won the Alpha Rho Chi Award. Kai 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 Kai. Kai, Kai he won Kai, the Kai. award and never. It's C. There's a C. In There's it. a C H. Um, which is the best student, the best student I like, voted by. I like to think it's a pity. No, so 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 they they they're like oh, we can't have Alex win them both. We might as well give Lance one. Yeah, we might as well give him a thesis yeah. as a pity vote. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, talk about affirmative action. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, he only got into the whole school after first year. You get cut from three hundred people to fifty. He's the one we are whittling. He cut his finger. They felt bad for him. Yep. They let him into the firm. They're like, you might as well come in. They stopped the whole whittling uh, portion of the whole school. Whittling, whittling. what he's talking about is you would get a piece of basswood, a, a thick piece of bad basswood, not not as skinny or as small as you know what you model with, but a giant piece of basswood. Yep. And you were to whittle it down to a utensil you could eat with. And lo and behold, I was, wasn't paying attention one day and sliced my finger almost off with a buck knife. Yeah, yeah. No bueno. So... That that's the only reason you got in, and the only reason you're here today. <laughs> but I would say your thesis your thesis might be slightly better than mine. I got I got preoccupied. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so then 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 what happened, Lance? Because so this- so we graduated 
at the top of our class with you know a, a, a bunch of other very very good students um, we, we, we like to think that we had one of the best graduating classes um, you know in, in a long time like we'd be up there in a the top five we like to think but that's our opinion yeah. um, so after that uh, we went on to start applying for applying for firms um, to different firms I, I was looking in uh, Washington so Portland area and then Boulder Boulder was kind of my thing uh, actually, Colorado in general. Who I ended thought up, you were like quite the hippie at one point? Yeah, I know. It, it, I mean, you come from the middle of nowhere in North Dakota, middle, nat- middle of actual nowhere. Yeah, I mean, oil boom country, western side of the yeah. state. You're Native American. That could kind of explain it, but uh, yeah, you picked like the the two city. The if, hippiest, if you would have picked hippiest. San Francisco too, you know, as I, I was looking. I was looking, oh, but it was too expensive. Ah, gotcha. I mean, because I, because I, when I graduated, I had a, I had a child and a fiance, so, you know, c- couldn't just go wherever I wanted to and and schlep and sleep on somebody's couch. Yeah, like 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 Alex basically did. So, so I applied in Colorado, had seven interviews, <coughs> ended up finally landing a job with um, a, a firm that's now defunct and they don't operate anymore. Studio HT, uh, Brad Thomasek, Christopher Hare. Shout out there. Shout they, out to those guys. They the great great guys, great architects. Uh, they both won. Uh, Young Architect of the Year of the whole United States. So talk about talk about having two guys that are, are really good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. There's another example. Two, two people running yeah, a firm, right? There you go. So what was great about... So I, I, I took the job out here and only to be light, laid off nine months later because the job I took was in 2008. And then as everybody knows, you know, at least if you're, if you're within that... If you're within the last decade and you're listening to this, the Great Recession, right? Alex, Alex ended up going to New York. Yeah, I always wanted to go to New York. I couldn't fathom why you would not want to go to New York. I, I tried to get Lance to move there. He did. He did. And my argument was every time you step out your front door, you're in New York. I thought that would suffice. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. I understand. No, no, no. What you do is you go downstairs, out the door, you're in New York. You, you open you, it. Do you get it? You're right in New York, <laughs> like right there. So, so I worked. And for, I kept explaining, you, you just don't have kids. You don't, you don't get it. Yeah. And I'm like, so there's stairs, right? And then you go out the door. <laughs> so I worked at uh, Studio Daniel Liebskin for about uh, nine, ten months. Um, and then same thing, uh, recession hit. Alex was laid off. Alex was laid off first. first. I was laid off first. Yes, because you didn't get a job right away in the summer. Right. You didn't get it until probably September or something like uh, that. October of 2008 is when I officially... So, you yeah. know, we graduated in your typical so, May, and then I went back home for a while and to work, did carpentry and eventually got out here. Yeah. You know, it was very hard finding a job to begin with in, during that time. Very hard. So then um, then they laid off. Liebskin laid off. Uh, there were 66 of us, and they laid off 11. So is that one out of six, or is that one out of five? That's one out of six. Yeah, one out of six. Yeah. yeah, which is huge. SOM, and then just we just horror stories. And Alex, at that point, because he was in New York, you had colleagues or fr- you, somehow you knew people that were in other firms. Yeah, so and so he kind of and plus he was right off of Wall Street. Yep, right off. Right. So I remember seeing the people walk out with boxes. We all we were on the seventeenth floor. We could look over the ledge. You actually like we had like a two foot ledge. We were on that. That that plane where where we could look over and we saw everyone walking out and then in New York sense like you know it's so big but it the worlds are so compact so this is what one of my friends said another tangent he came up from Minneapolis Jordan shout out Jordan mm-hmm. and he's like he's like I actually like the the vibe of Fargo we're like oh 
why? You know, you live in Minneapolis. It's way better, way cooler. He's like, there's so many people. You fall within all your friends are within your same. They're all just like you because there's um, two million people. He goes, if you're in Fargo or a smaller town, he's like, you have friends. Like one of your friends is in English. One of your friends is in, you know, art. One's an engineer, you know, whatever. And we just thought that was normal. But so what I'm getting at is New York, it's so huge. But that means that it gets more clicky. Yeah, there's 30, oh, okay. 30 of the big architecture firm. Sure. So I know people at SONET, M, Rem Koolhaas. Um, what's that? Really Shop. Big? Shop, right? So, you know, we'd go to those firms and whatever. And we just horror stories. SOM, 50 gone. Shop, 12 gone. You know, just I'm not I'm sure I'm not getting and, the numbers and right. And Alex, but they were Alex and I, cuts. I can't remember how we kept in touch so much. Um, A, because we, we just we just ended up being, you know, college best buddies because um, we worked together so much. But I, I think it was like through Skype or Gchat or something like that, and and he starts telling me about all these horror stories, and then I, you know, I kind of start to panic myself. When when what month did you get laid off? February. Oh, okay. Yep. So he got laid off in February, and I didn't get laid off until I think June or July of that summer, then in two thousand nine. Yeah. So, something like that. What was hilarious about that was, so it was kind of we worked really hard and uh, got laid off, and that was a shock. And I think my girlfriend at the time was there. And I think like after an hour of like telling her this, she's like, maybe we shouldn't go out. And I was like, what? <laughs> How are you hitting me with that news? Right. What? Oh, it was a double whammy. for It you. was a double whammy. And it, and it, and she's like, no, it's not, you know, she was moving different places. I might be going to a different place, all, all, all that other stuff. But I was like, holy cow. I know. And then you, and then you had to try and then you, you know, struggled to try to get out of you. I think your le- you know, the sort of pseudo leash you had going yep, on. Yep. It was a problem there. We don't have to get into details, but it, yep. was, an, it was an issue. Um, so it was awful. Nobody likes to be laid off. Right. Yep. So Alex, Alex ended up going back to grad school yep. he thought all oh, this, this recession, one year. That's one it. One year. It's all it's going to last. Done. I'm going to come out of this, and I'm going to get a construction management master's degree. Yeah. I'm going to know. It's going to catch me up of not having, you know, of needing more construction experience, that type of thing. Um, so he went back to school. Of course, you know, we all know that the Great Recession lasted a lot longer than that. Uh, for us in Colorado, it's it, we kind yeah. of only pulled out in about 2013 because that's when we started to grow the firm. Yeah. So when I called you and I said, hey, uh, things are going to hit the fan. And this relates to kind of our first lesson on, on how to start a firm. Um, I said, I started listening to Pat Flynn. A lot of you guys might know Pat Flynn. I go, Lance, you especially need multiple streams of income, or we need to come up with multiple streams of income. And then you came up with, I'll let you elaborate. And, and, I, and I wasn't laid off yet when he's telling me this. Yep. And, and Lance is like, hey, there's this thing called BIM, Revit. I think I can start making some components. And then I go, okay, I think I can learn how to design a website. Because it was all th- CSS back then. Do you remember we had those revolving pictures? On the very first beta F9 website, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And some kid just sent me his portfolio, which I, I really like. He's from NDSU, shout out. And he had those revolving pictures too. I'm like, oh, harken back. Harken back to the good, good old, old days. days. Yeah. So so Lance, I, Lance got on the BIM stuff. And uh, so I had learned Revit at the one of the firms I entered with in Fargo. But then when I moved down here... We ran out of work pretty quick within the, maybe the first three months, four months. I mean, it was pretty awful. And honestly, it drained, it just drained my existence to even go into work. It, it was terrible just sitting there. And so one of the things, but, but, but these guys were also entrepreneurs a hundred percent. I mean, at Studio HT, they really fostered that kind of spirit. So one of the things I worked with and that I really enjoyed doing was starting to build families um, in Revit. 
So those are so for those of you who aren't familiar with Revit, those are like the chairs, the windows, the doors, all those kind of things, right? And and since at Studio HT, what they were doing was we were doing a lot of high-end homes uh, and a high, high like very boutique spaces. I was always searching for really modern-looking furniture and could never find it. So I thought, man, I bet. I bet if I made a bunch of modern furniture, I could somehow sell them on some website. So I kind of went crazy and started making as many as I could before work. I would wake up, this was before I got laid off, I'd wake up at like four or five before to go to work. And for at least an hour or two before work, I would I would crank out as many of these as I could make. Yep. And then after work, I'd get home, we'd eat supper, and I would crank out more. So I was kind of doing two jobs, and I because I was in panic mode thinking, I'm going to get fired, There's, or laid off rather. I got, there's got to be these multiple in- streams of income that we talked about. So I started uploading a ton of them to TurboSquid.com because they were one of, they were one of the few places on the web at that point where you could start selling uh, these speculative 3D models. I was uploading so many. I think I uploaded. I ended up uploading two or three hundred within a, a month or so. I got the attention of the marketing director, and she said, "Hey, uh, I've no, you know, we've noticed." We've noticed the bulk of what you're doing, you know, so I'd made enough of a splash and these people noticed. And she said, we're trying to go after manufacturers of building products, you know, i.e. windows, doors, anything you, anything you can name uh, to get them to have us model their products. And so I said, oh, great. Well, keep me in mind. Um, then I did end up getting laid off. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like I immediately got work, but I at least planted the seed for that to grow. Yeah. Um, and then, so I think, I think that's, the key. And I think everyone, even if you aren't wanting to start your own firm, um, ever, I, I think, a, an alternate source of income or an alternate hobby relating to your profession or something that you love can be super helpful because that's what Pat Flynn did too. He studied for the lead exams. And then he, when he was studying, he just wrote blog posts about it. And then he turned that into a study guide and he started making money that way. And he's like, holy cow, I can make money online. And then I think he got laid off too. So it's sort of an insurance policy. And then we'll get into this more, but that, that BIM content led us into a work that is basically the foundation of our firm. Mm-hmm. It also led us into making Revit furniture, which of course we'll name drop all the time here. Um, and then it, it, it led ultimately for us teaching at CU. We teach at CU Boulder. We teach engineers and architects how to design, draw, um, make buildings, uh, make bridges uh, in Revit. So it's weird how just something that you dip your toe in or, or kind of throw off to the side can lead to something act- huge, huge. So even if it's like Pat Flynn where, well, Turbo Squid, how much, how much money do you think we've made off of Turbo Squid? Oh, not very much. Bucks? I would say 500 or less. Yeah. I mean, I think you're talking maybe two, 200 or less. It's, it's not very much. Every once in a while, I'll get an email. Still, So our content is still up, up there. It's actually pretty rudimentary because we ended up saying, well, why don't we, why don't we cut out the middleman <laughs> and start RevitFurniture.com? Yeah. Um, so we did it that way. But, you know, it, I get an email every once in a while that's like $3. You made a $3 sale. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. But I, I got the attention. Why don't I see any of that money? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, so Pat Flynn, I think he makes he made like a decent amount, maybe maybe close to five thousand a month off of his. I, I don't know the numbers, but it wasn't. But that led him to his podcast about how to make money, and he makes one hundred and twenty a month. You know, just a, over a million dollars a year, basically. And and that first thing, even if it's not a big money maker, what our lesson is is that it can lead 
to different things because you're getting your foot wet, you're setting up systems, you can use it multiple times, all that stuff. So it, if we could encourage you to do anything, it'd be to start putting what, what you think an idea or even a hobby online and just seeing what happens. Just put it out there, put it out there, make a website, man. This reminds me of tiny house too. We'll take, we'll cover that in another one, but tiny house, same thing too. Yeah. We just exactly. put it out there. We just put it out there. Because Led to us on HTTE. And I, and I, and I think the key is it's got to be a vested, uh, a, a truly tangible interest. I mean, you have to actually want to do this, this other offshoot yeah. thing that you, that you pursue. Because it's sure. after hours. It's after hours. Right. And you're tired. Bim after dark. That guy, another shout out. Revit, uh, Revit kid. Bim, Bim after dark. That was all of his stuff. It was after he's working at the firm, you know, like at night putting together. Now, I think he has his own firm too, but I, anyways, he, I know he makes good money off of that. We, we partner up on some stuff. Same thing with him. Yeah. Tim, Tim Ferriss would be the last one. I'll, I'll, I'll say that that's a good example of that. So Tim Ferriss, everybody should know him. If you don't Google him, listen to his podcast. He's great. Do you remember, do you remember his story? His story was that you, uh, he, he was a fitness geek, right? And he wanted to make a supplement that that enhanced his life. So he made this supplement. It actually it actually didn't have any kind of proven anything or whatever, but it allowed him to break out of his his cubicle cubicle yeah. box at the end of the day. Yeah. So any anyway, so that's I think that's where we're coming from with this whole thing. Yeah. Um, so um, you think that's good for a first first one, first podcast? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, well, actually, how about this? So. Um, the, I think the last thing we're going to end with is, uh, for, for today anyway, just this, this is sort of the pilot, is, uh, you know, we touched on a lot of things, but where we'd like to start with the, on, the next, on the next podcast is, um, just, just as a preview, is uh, where, where we started from fundamentally. Yeah. And, and then uh, try to give you guys some insight into some the fundamentals that we learned from our very first clients to how we built off of a base and then how we've even, you know, in the next podcast after that, how we've how we've dealt with some of our awful, some of our worst clients, and they happened right away. But like those valuable learning lessons from the positive and the negative, yep. and how you can transform. Yeah. So if this was the 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 layoff um, episode, you know, hey, it's getting started, you know, working at a firm, getting laid off. Next podcast will be how we how we started a firm, um, and each podcast will probably fo- follow the format of telling a story. Um, because stories are a great way to communicate a real life story and then uh, maybe something that's going on now. So it, it's probably like a hark back to the past of how to do something, what's successful, what isn't successful and hey, what are we doing? Uh, dealing with the city, doing something entrepreneurial. Hey, maybe here's an idea. Um, so we hope you follow us along on the journey. Okay, we'll see you next episode. Bye-bye.